Games rated E to M. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode, we dive deep into Fire Emblem Three Houses. My name is Chris Slate, and joining me today are Krista Yang from Nintendo Minute. Hi, Krista. Hi, Chris. Excited to be here today. Thanks for coming back on the show. And Joe Bustos from the social media team at Nintendo. Hi, Joe. Hey, Chris. Uh, glad to be back on a second time. I thought, you know, for the first time, you guys <laughs> would be done with me, but uh, let's back on for a second. Made, it, made yeah. it through. Thought you were out. We pulled you back yeah, in. Past the, the, uh, past the initial the test, test yeah. I guess. Yeah. So we have a couple of Nintendo Power podcast veterans here today, and, and not only your experts at the podcast, but um, also you've been playing a ton of Fire Emblem Three Houses, which, you know, a lot of people yes. around the office have been playing that mm-hmm. game. And I, you know, I feel bad because I'm kind of lagging behind everyone else. I'm only about six or seven hours in, which for this game is still right at the beginning. I know. I was going to say, you're just like barely scratching the surface of this massive game. But Joe and I have been deep. Yeah. Like really deep. You guys are just, <laughs> you, you've beaten it more than, or at least you've been at least once an hour starting to lap me, I think. Yeah. Joe's probably played the most out of all yeah. of us. And you've, I've, yeah, you, you, you've been... I kind of devoured this game, um, <laughs> and that just speaks to how how good the story is, and, right? And how uh, and how interesting it's yeah. kind of set up. But um, yeah, I was excited to talk about this today. Yeah, yeah, and I've really enjoyed um, talking to you guys and others around the office, getting kind of these mm-hmm. tips. You know, like I, because I am still early on, and everyone else is so far ahead, I'm starting to benefit from your experience. And mm-hmm. you guys are telling me a little bit things. Like, oh, you know, you might want to start, you know, paying attention to this character or, right. you know, keep this in mind as you plan out your your lesson plans in the academy portion of the game. So I thought it'd be great to have an open discussion about the game where we talk about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether you're you're just starting out like me or maybe you're, you're already a good uh, ways into the game, I think we can talk about some things that people will help people plan further ahead in, in their game. And for people that, that are just starting or maybe considering playing the game, also give you an idea of you know, the different paths you can take and the types of stories you might be in for and help you choose kind of the path that's going to help you um, enjoy the game the most. Yeah, totally. Um, There's so many different ways to go with this game, which is one of the the most fun parts. So, Joe, have you played like all three paths at this point? Are you... um, I finished Black Eagles and then went um, halfway through Blue Lions. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm vaguely familiar of what happens with Golden Deer. Okay. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I feel like I have a good sense of everything, but, yeah. you know, I think the thing that's crazy about this game is that every path, there are things that if you didn't play it, if you didn't play one of the paths, you just don't know the answers to certain things, certain mm-hmm. questions that you might have. Right. Um, and, you know, when we first got, you know, started working on this game, uh, I had no idea to the extent that everything would be different, right? Right. Mm -hmm. It is every path. There's just so much that you don't see in each one Mm -hmm. and stuff that you do get to find answers to. Yeah. Um, And that's what's really compelling is that it really is almost three very separate games. Right. Maybe even more than that, right? I totally feel the same way. And I also started with Black Eagles, which I think was by far the most popular first uh, house choice around the office. Because, Chris, you're also Black Eagles yeah. right now, uh-huh. right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you'll move on to other houses. But um, I started with my Black Eagles path, beat that one, and then started a second run with Golden Deer. And it's just, yeah, it's incredible how different the storylines are and how 
Um, of course, the, the characters are all different when you're meeting them um, with uh, each of the house um, storylines. And so it's just really incredible how it's truly three separate experiences as you're going through each of the paths. So super mm-hmm. interesting. And talking a little bit about story, I don't think we're going to look to spoil any any major twists or yeah. certainly not the endings to the paths or anything like that. Um, but I will give a little bit of a warning where obviously we're going to be talking about the game. We're going to be talking about some things that people might consider mild spoilers. Um, regarding certain characters or even uh, gameplay strategies. So if you really want to go into the game completely, you know, free of any type of spoilers, then, uh, you know, fair warning, you might want to take a look in the notes and find the the timestamp for the next segment and skip ahead a little bit. But I think for most people, uh, you know, if, um, you know, again, we're not going to spoil anything major and you'll get, uh, I think, a a few good tips here that will Mm -hmm. help you in the game. Yeah. So let's start off. The things, uh, start off with things that we wish we'd known when we first started playing the game. Um, Krista, what's something that you'd wish you'd known right from the beginning? Yeah, so in my first playthrough, um, I was not super effective and efficient in the way I use my time in the school phase. So mm. the, the game is kind of broken up into two phases. Um, you, you kind of start out with the school phase where you're you're kind of instructing your uh, your the students or the characters within your house and and using that instruction time to really level them up into really powerful units. And then there's a time jump in the game. Um, and it's like a five years later kind of thing. And then you're in sort of a, a completely different phase. Um, and what you did in that school phase matters so much um, that I, I think I could have used my time in the first playthrough a little bit more effectively. I could have sort of looked at um, the way the characters would ultimately be classed in that um, in the uh, post school, the after the jump phase, and um, really taken a better advantage of how I was instructing the students, recruiting different characters, just using my time more effectively um, overall within that phase. And there's a lot to do in that school phase, so it's easy to get a little bit overwhelmed. Um, and in my second playthrough now with uh, Golden Deer, I, I, I am like a lot more seasoned, obviously, so I know like exactly what to focus on. Like I have these activity points. I'm going to spend it doing, you know, these very specific things to really make sure my characters are as powerful and as, you know, ready for the next phase as possible. And Chris, so you played the game on hard, right? On hard yeah. classic? I always, it's my tradition uh, for Fire Emblem games to always play on hard. Um, so I did that and it was, it's pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Did you start to feel, you know, based on what you were saying with, um, you know, just being efficient with your time and how you're classing certain characters, did mm-hmm. you start to feel a little bit of that like pressure as you got into yes. the second half of the game? Yeah, it was hard for me. The second half of the game was really tough. I was really, really happy about the Divine Pulse because that helped a lot. Um, so my thing is I never let – I try not to lose any of my units until the last battle. Like I have this like weird way of playing these games where um, I'll try to keep them as, as long as I can. And then at the last battle, I will let them, you know, let them perish if that's – that that's what happens in the in that last dramatic final battle and um and I did okay and the divine pulse part really did help uh but it was it was pr- like you know it, it got pretty tough for me and I I did not in- recruit enough characters so I really only had like the core group of characters um for that post uh you know the the post jump phase and it, it was tough definitely and the divine pulse that's something that 
I think whether you're on casual mode or classic mode, you still get access to that, right? right. And that, that allows you a certain number of times per battle to basically rewind and redo yeah. something. Yeah. Sometimes I just rewind it to the very beginning. I mean, we're like, I, yeah, I really messed this up. Yeah. <laughs> there are times you just have to, and you just feel so bad. You're like, yeah, I, you're I like, I can't oh. believe yeah, every turn that I took is yeah. just... This, this is not going mistake. well. It's a mistake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So far, there's a couple guys, if they fall in battle, because I'm playing casual mode. Oh, see, you don't have the pressure. I don't have the you pressure. You need the pressure. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never, my brain hasn't been that brilliant at strategy games. So mm. I enjoy the story and I do like to do my best, but I yeah. think I need that extra little help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, in true Fire Emblem fashion, I, I always reset after every That's death in previous games. Too. And then yeah. in this one, it was just like, I saved so much time. And I yet know. my game clock is still 60, 70 hours. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's <laughs> a yeah. lot there to dig into for sure. Right. So Joe, what is uh, something else that you would say, you know, going back, if you could go back, if you could actually use Divine Pulse in real life and go back to when you first started playing this game, <laughs> what kind of advice would you give yourself? You know, I think the big thing was really just being able to recruit other characters. And, yeah. um, you know, when you, when you try to recruit another character um, from a different house, um, it tells you what stats they favor, but really, I think what drives a lot of that too is just your support level with them. Right. Um, and you know, you can do everything from just buying a ton of gifts and just heaving on whatever it is that they love the most. Have the tea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Doing Always tea the time. Tea. Um, you know, another just side note: the the worst feeling is that when you do tea time and you get to the very end. And you're just like, oh, I'm on it. And then you get that last choice and you oh, just mess it up. Yeah. And it's like three out of four conversation. Not, <laughs> it's like not the perfect tea time that you want to have like every time. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It's, it's just so disappointing. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, going back to um, recruiting different characters, um, there are definitely some characters that I wish I recruited because not only, you know, you get them on your team, mm-hmm. um, but you open up so much extra content just from yeah, the paralogs that like you get paralogs. to play. Um, and I did notice, you know, in the second half, I didn't really recruit a lot of people on my first run through. And uh, I was wondering, you know, why aren't more paralogs popping up? Or, you know, mm-hmm. just wondering where that stuff is. And, you know, it's just because I didn't it, recruit enough yeah, characters. So um, I would definitely go back um, and, and just make that. Um, even on my second playthrough, I've been doing a ton of that. So uh, I don't know for you guys if there's any characters in particular that you would, uh, you're definitely going for, who you think is, is somebody that's really good to recruit. Yeah, so in the in my second run now as Golden Deer, I do have some fav- like lingering favorites from my first playthrough as um, Black Eagles, right? Because I now have like weird like affinity and like affection towards those students in the Black Eagle house, and now I kind of miss them when I'm playing the Golden Deer run. So I've been trying to re- like actively recruit um, some of those characters, like back because I like them. So Petra is one of my favorites from the Black Eagle house, and uh, in my original run, um, I had her classed as an assassin and she gets really powerful. Like she got to a point where when I was using her in battle, she wouldn't even get hit. Her like dodge was so crazy high that she just like would never need to be healed. It was incredible. So I wanted to get her back. Um, but there's definitely a few, um, yeah, definitely a few in the Black Eagle house. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I feel like I, I want them to come back. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, one of the things I'm realizing is that um, Lysithia is maybe one of the strongest units in the game, just in terms of how much damage that she can output. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really funny based on like, you know, her character and just being able to just drop an enemy with like 99 damage mm-hmm. is just ridiculous. So yeah. uh, I'm starting to notice that on my second playthrough of, you know, recruiting her and then just kind of building her stats up. Uh, she's just a, an absolute cannon uh, when it comes to the, some of the really hard battles. So Yeah. 
you need a good like spellcaster for yeah. sure. Um, and so I'm playing the Golden Deer Run. She's in that house, right? So it's super fun to have her um, on the team and trying to like get to know her a little bit more. But yeah, yeah. it's really cool. And some of the teams are built a little differently. Um, you know, for Golden Deer, um, they have a couple of units who are, um, they use bows. Um, and for uh, the Black Eagles, you have a lot of magic users. So, yeah. when it, you know, I was on that path and just like kind of coasting, getting through uh, some of the demonic beasts, mm-hmm. just hitting them from far away and not even getting a scratch on me. And then I went over to Blue Lions and like missing all these magic users. So oh, I, I was going back and recruiting some of them just because mm. almost everybody on the Blue Lions um, kind of starts out and they have more of an affinity to use lances. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for me, it was kind of a little bit of a shock there. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you need to like... That's another thing about the school phase is you need to be really strategic about what you, what class you turn your characters into. So you have a good balance between like someone that can be your warrior and tank and someone that can Mm -hmm. be your damage dealing spellcaster, someone that could have range, someone that can have movement with like either, you know, to be on horseback or to be a, a flyer. So at first it's, it's like, I feel like um, when you're first starting out, it might be like you have like a ton of just like bow users or something like that. So you have to like effectively instruct them, get their motivation up so you can quickly like reclass them into what you eventually want your team to look like. And a a really balanced team is pretty, pretty challenging to achieve in that like school phase. So you need to like be very um, organized (laughs) with the way that you sort of instruct and and, uh, plan out your time. Yeah, that's where I'm at now still early in the game is is when it comes to the days where I get to choose my lesson plans and how I'm going to instruct each mm-hmm. student and then thinking about what level I want them eventually to, to, to go toward. Yeah. And then, of course, walking around the school and talking to people and finding out, okay, they won't you can, they won't uh, join you at this point, but you might be able to recruit them if you get certain stats that they look for. Right. So, yeah, depending on what um, your your long-term goal is, you really have to set that your site's pretty far ahead early on so you can start making sure you're building toward those requirements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one of those units was Hilda, um, who's in the Golden Deer. And I kind of always thought in my head, you know, these kind of like, um, these like kind of bodyguard units who are really close to the house leader. I thought they weren't recruitable, right? Um, especially because I played Black Eagles on my first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's only a very certain part of the story where you can recruit Hilda. Um, but in Blue Lions, you can just... You know, there's there's plenty of opportunity to do that, um, even though she's in a different house. And she's a really strong unit, so that's why I, you know, I wanted her on my team. Um, and she's got a really wacky personality. Um, yeah. She's just so lazy, mm-hmm. which I think everybody relates with. Um, <laughs> so, there's a couple you know. of lazy characters in this in this game. They happen to be, like, the one of the most powerful units. It's like, are you trying to tell me something? Should I, like, sleep more to <laughs> better at life? It's like, oh, you know, I just sit around all day, and then next thing you know, 99 damage, I'm taking out this giant monster. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm, totally. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was another one, you know, and, the, and you don't really kind of get that information. Um, and, you know, being able to um, recruit them in, in an additional playthrough, I think is definitely something that I wish I, I would have known because I would have been able to just, you know, expand my team so much more. And I think part of me was kind of just like, I'm going to block that part of my brain off and just stick with this original team mm-hmm. just because I know I have to get my stats so high. But, you know, knowing it's a combination of that and also your support level, I think really helps a lot. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think um, I actually I actually miss this in my first run is that dancer class Mm. that you actually can't get unless you do like a certain, you know, you you have to put put the student in that tournament, the dance tournament or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know what happened. I must've had like a blackout moment or something, but I just didn't do it somehow. I missed it. 
And then mm. I never got the dancer class in my Black Eagles run. So now I'm like focused. Now I'm like, I need to have this. I need to do this. Um, so it hasn't popped yeah. up just yet in my Golden Deer run, but I am very, uh, very much um, wanting to get that class because I haven't gotten it um, in my first playthrough yet. Yeah, I feel like the same thing kind of happened with me. Oh, um, I had Dorothea I <laughs> um, become the dancer. <laughs> And I just like totally forgot that she even had that certification because she was she was a um, a gremory for me and was just doing so much damage. Yeah. Um, and so in my head, I was like, well, I don't want to lose that. And then for her to become a dancer. So maybe I just blocked it out of part of my mind. But, you know, a dancer is such a good class to have in this game just mm-hmm. to be able to have two turns for certain yeah. characters. So I think that's uh, an error on both of our parts that we should probably fix in a future playthrough. Yeah, I was like kicking myself during the, the you know, the post game towards the end where I was doing like the really tough battles. And I was like, if only I had the dancer. Yeah. I could move twice. Yeah. But of course, I didn't get it. So now I'm like, I need to have this for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think another thing is every story in the game kind of has its own different theme um, and it covers a lot of different territory, whether that's, you know, if you want to know something uh, about your character's backstory mm-hmm. or if you um, are interested in more of kind of the political landscape of the of the overall uh, world. Um, every every story just has its own kind of themes around it. So, um, you know, I think knowing, knowing that going in, I think would have helped me choose a little bit better. Um, you know, one thing I'll say is that we had a board up here at the Nintendo offices mm-hmm. where everybody kind of voted on what house they were going to choose. Yeah. And this is before anybody had the game. Um, and, you know, I put Black Eagles on there. Heavily skewed towards Black Eagles. Yeah. Heavily. And let's just say that uh, after I finished that route, I crossed my name out and put it in the uh, in the Blue Lions there. Yeah. So. Oh. I crossed my name off, too, and put it in the Golden Deer. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that path is... Um, all of the paths are very, again, very different, but there's a lot of, the, the, the thing that the game does so well is it forces you to make all these decisions too in the story. Um, and it, it differs from house to house and whatever storyline you're on, you're having to make these tough choices, you know, and yeah. sometimes you feel bad. I think, you know, Black Eagles about them. <laughs> being kind of just the poster child of that, having a very hard kind of split on where the story goes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just really difficult. Like, and you don't you don't really understand where it's going to go when the choice is presented to you. It That's says right. it will ver- it will change the story significantly, but you just don't really know what that means yet. Right, and you kind of go with your gut, yeah. you know, and then the story progresses, and you but you always question yourself, regardless of which side that you're on. I think we've talked to people that are on either side that play the Black Eagles path, and everybody felt kind of like. I don't know if I made the right choice, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is amazing that a game could actually make you feel that way, you know, yeah. so it's actually really cool. But yeah, we all had like sort of these heart wrenching moments where it's like, did I make the right choice? I'm actually not very sure. Yeah, there's just so many shades of gray in the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and every character, I don't think you can really say a character is good or bad. It's, exactly. It's more of they're trying to fulfill their motivations. They and have their, their own perspectives. Yeah, yeah. In, in their ways that they think is right. Mm-hmm. Um so in a way you could you could imagine, you know, what Edelgard wants to accomplish is right yeah. or what Dimitri wants to accomplish is right. It mm-hmm. all it all kind of depends on just that perspective. And it, it, there's such a great attention given to um and the way that the the game kind of story tells you the backstory of each character so that you really understand that motivation like so clearly mm-hmm. and then you kind of get it like you you know, they make decisions and you think about the backstory that they told you of, of why they're in this position and you're like yeah i get it yeah i I can yes okay and then but then you think about it 
you know, as the, the choices are presented to you, you're like, oh, no, wait a second. <laughs> so you get into these situations where you really sort of have like um, empathy for the character, um, but you also are like really forced to make these really tough choices and, and you kind of don't feel great about any of those choices at times, you yeah. know? I love that. And in, in, I mean, I haven't gotten to a lot of those those big choices you're talking about yet, but I love that in storytelling in general where, um, you know, where there's like a big moral question and you yeah. really have to think about, you know, what would I do in that situation? Where do I fall in that? And when, when, it, when there's no clear, you know, obvious right answer, mm-hmm. I just think it can be fascinating. Would you um, both say that if you're, if people are, you know, still trying to decide maybe for their first playthrough or even their second or, th- or probably by the time you get to the third, there's only one choice left, but which, you know, kind of what type of story you're going to expect from each house. I imagine, you know, you're going to be facing tough questions mm-hmm. every time, but is there any way we could kind of recommend one type of path toward, you know, a certain type of player or any advice you guys could give in that area? Hmm. Hmm. It's a good question. But it's t- yeah. I know it's a tough question yeah. without spoiling too much. Right. So I, I will speak from my personal experience, which is I played Again, Black Lions, or Black Lions, that doesn't exist in the game. (laughs) Black Eagles first and was like distraught basically the whole time. Really put you through the ringer. I just, my my heart was like clenched the whole time. I I never so much had this moment where I'm like staring at my Nintendo Switch and like toggling yes, no, yes, no, because I couldn't (laughs) make a decision. And so I was like, at the end of that, I was like, I need a different house where I'm not as like just tense. So I picked Golden Deer because that was recommended to me as a, a, a bit more of like a, the, the feeling of that story is a little bit different. And of course, Claude is a very different character than Edelgard. And, and he has just the most amazing, like funny and like sort of um, just like a very like f- different personality from Edelgard, who's very intense, you know, and, and mm-hmm. then you have a, this different personality that you're, um, you're feeling as you play through that storyline because of that main character. So Claude is way more fun. He's, yeah. yeah. He is Let's very flirtatious. <laughs> yeah. He's really know. fun. He's jokes around a lot. He's very mischievous and you just kind of like, you, you can't, it's very, a little bit more lighthearted, I mm-hmm. guess. So that was the perfect like remedy for my like anguish <laughs> after the, the black <laughs> eagles. Nice run. Cleanser. Yes. Yeah. And then I'm going to go, Blue Lines last, which I heard was actually quite Englished as well. So I just needed a little break in between it the is, two. If you play Black Eagles first and then, you know, what I'm doing is now going through Blue Lions. I think you kind of, I kind of ended up in a way where I very specifically was kind of angry at some certain characters. Oh, and Blue you were Lions, like avenging yourself? Yeah, was, yeah <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and, you know, I think the thing about the Blue Lions uh, storyline is there are so many things that you didn't realize that were going on, different character backstories um, and we can get into that a little bit later, but, um, I think that's what, what was the most interesting thing is just like all these things that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And then also just like the, the character arc that Dimitri takes is, is pretty crazy. So. Yeah. I'm really curious about that because I saw it from the perspective of Black Eagles. You get a little like hint of 
Dimitri and what's going on with him. There's like some like rumors that kind of circle within the Black Line or gosh, the Black Eagles um, <laughs> storyline. So now I'm like very, my, it like piqued my interest because I'm like, so what happened to Dimitri? Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> something, something happened to him for sure. Yeah. So it's I want to find out now. I mean, even before <laughs> this game came out and just seeing him with the eye patch and the time skip. Yeah. Um, you knew something was up with I him. I know. I need yeah. to find out why he has the eye patch. I yeah. have no idea. And, and I'm, I'm very curious. I'm starting to <laughs> find out and you're like whoa that is not what i expected oh. especially from you know kind of his initial character who's mm-hmm. very like well put together he seems yeah he's seems like kind of vanilla super, like, at first buttoned up and mm-hmm. stuff yeah. yeah totally and he is not that <laughs> he's a angry guy Ooh, so i like it i like yeah. it this is very interesting so that's next for me for sure yeah dang so that's gonna be like what 200 hours of this game <laughs> yeah it's fine yeah, <laughs> in it for the long haul. yeah <laughs> All right, so we mentioned this before that there is a time skip in the game. Yes. And that's something that had been previously discussed, so not a huge spoiler. Mm-hmm. But um, what character do you think has the biggest, you know, upgrade or change? Would you say glow after up? After the time. Glow up. That's what I call it. This, the time skip is basically character glow up for yeah. all of the characters. <laughs> Nobody ends up worse. They're all amazing. Yeah. It's like, wow, you really grew up. Wow, it's like you have amazing. long, flowing hair. And, <laughs> yeah. Your outfit looks incredible. Yeah. How did you end up like that? That was like the mo- one of the most fun moments of the game, honestly, is when that time skip happens and you're back at the the monastery and you get you get reunited with all of those characters again, all, all of your students again. You're like seeing them for the first time after five years and it really felt like that like Mm -hmm. as a player it really felt like it's like this beautiful reunion and you hadn't seen these people in a long time and this is what they are this is what they look like this is what's happened to them this is how they've matured um and it's like amazing but i okay so i haven't gotten to the time skip for golden deer yet so i can only speak from my black eagles experience Mm. but i think the character i'm going back to petra because she's like my favorite so i think she had the coolest time skip um glow up, glow up transformation yeah yeah you know it's interesting yeah. right because everybody everybody's wearing like the school outfit before the time skip and then right. afterwards they're all wearing kind of just like what you think they would wear like right. their, like their, their personal the clothes from their like their actual you know country or yeah. or you know region or whatever yeah it's and pretty cool she, and that's exactly what happens to her she's from this um this this region that speaks a different language and that's part of her character is that she doesn't speak the language that the other characters are speaking, her, her, her dialogue is always, like, really interesting and kind of funny to read. Um, and then she's wearing, like, the, the outfit from her region, and she's just so fiercely um, defensive and passionate about talking about where she's from and really defending mm-hmm. where she's from. Um, it's really cool to see. And then she, of course, you know, becomes a very powerful character, but everything that she does is for her country. And, um, and her country is like a very small part of Fodlin. So of course it's like, they're always fighting for, you know, for their, their rights and things like that. So she has a tough, a tough job. And it's really cool to see that character. So like passionate about that. Yeah. I think, um, for me, the biggest upgrade, I mean, this might be a little bit of a generic answer, but it's probably Edelgard. She gets a special class in the second half of the game. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's almost like she's just untouchable. Like yeah, you feel like she's unstoppable, yeah. right? She's got this ridiculously giant uh, giant shield, and she has, um, you know, the custom relic that she has. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where did all this stuff she come from? She has, like, from? the <laughs> best hairdo I've ever seen in my life yeah. with, like, those, like, horn things. Yeah. I'm like, how is, how, what? <laughs> What's yeah. going on with you? <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's pretty refreshing. Like, for a Fire Emblem character, 
um, who is one of the, you know, kind of the main lords. And she has this like huge axe and this giant shield and everyone's mm-hmm. just trying to hit her. And she's just like, nope, zero damage. <laughs> it's like a little just like peeing off of her shield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, you know, every, every character kind of just gets a nice glow up in the yeah, second half of the game. So. Definitely. Definitely. And they've really like, not only do they look different, obviously, but they've really, their personalities are different too. You yeah. know, Bernadetta, I think is another one from the um, Black Eagles house who's just has such a, a sad story. And you, you really, as you know, as you're interacting with that character, you're trying to like kind of help her in that situation that she's in, in the, in the school phase. And then she just gets so much more confident in her um, in her glow up phase that she's just, she's so cool. Like, I'm like, wow, she like really overcame this. Like, that's awesome. You know? And she's like wearing a cool outfit and she's super powerful. And yeah, it's kind of cool to see. That. Yeah. I, I think I'll be curious to hear your reaction. I know, um, fan favorite Lorenz, he kind of gets that nice long flowing hair in the second half oh, of the yeah. game. A so. lot of them has like, have like better hair. Yeah. He, yeah. He's got like a very weird kind of hairdo in the, yeah. in the first half. And yes. then, you know, he, he gets that like long flowing Ferdinand mane. too. Yeah. Ferdinand, Ferdinand also. looks like a, like a prince. Like I'm like, wow. Yeah. But on, he was, he was my paladin as well. So I always had him on a horse, you yeah. know, and he's like, always very princely, very yeah. much, <laughs> like very much. <laughs> they really fit the bill. Yeah. <laughs> Well, before we move on, is there anything else that uh, either one of you would suggest people keep in mind, uh, you know, as they're starting the game or playing through the game? Anything we haven't covered yet? Hmm. I would say um, definitely we talked we talked we touched upon this a little bit, but definitely play all the paralogs. So you're you're hmm. looking at your your you know your uh, time in the game in these like month long time frames, right? So you have sort of like four weeks of doing stuff and then you have your main mission and then that is what triggers the the next month to happen. So within that, you have um, options to, you know, explore and use that time to up your support um, and recruit characters. And then you also have um, these like battle options and sometimes there are special paralogs that open up uh, for different characters um, within the game. And those are really amazing because not only do you get to learn a lot of backstory about all the characters and there is such deep backstory for every single character, which is crazy because how many characters are in this game, right? Mm -hmm. It's incredible that there's customized individual backstories for for each character in the game. And then of course the way that they interact with each other in the game is also captured in those paralogs. So it's really cool to see all that and you get special weapons and special like ore and stuff like that. So you can use to, you know, use it at the blacksmith to either, um, uh, repair your items or craft new items. Um, so yeah, I think definitely don't skip out on those during the month. If you are, um, if you you see like that special paralogue pop up. Yeah, it does seem like stuff that would be, you know, almost some of the plot lines are just like they could be main missions in, yeah. in the game. Totally. But, you know, all this ground is covered in a, in a paralogue and it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's very cool. I also heard that um, somebody gave me the tip that, uh, uh, you know, when you're on an instruction day that you can visit the question box and you can visit the, well, they basically said visit the, quest, visit the question box often because if you answer correctly, it'll increase your support level with the character and you don't have to spend any activity points. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So the question box is basically like an advi- advice box. See, I'm good. I, I'm like all for the question box. I'm so bad at the answers. I oh, always yeah, get it wrong. It's always like this answer is not satisfactory. I'm like, yeah. why? This is a great answer. Take my advice. Why not? Yeah, but. it's really funny because you can tell from the silhouette who it is most of the time, especially once you get to know everybody. Yeah. And some, I still get it wrong and I'm like, 
know. What's and you feel bad. You're like, what's wrong? It's like tea time. It's like the, yeah. you always get it wrong. I'm like, how am I going to get this wrong? I don't yeah. get it. But, but yeah. That is a good tip though, because it saves Byleth from having to eat like five meals or whatever when you have a bunch of activity <laughs> points, because that is one of the best ways to, to get the support up yeah. and get your motivation up um, for the instruction phase. Yeah. So. And as mm-hmm. your professor rank goes up, so like focus on that too, because as your rank goes up, you have more activity points. So you can use that oh, to right. your advantage um, and eat all the meals. <laughs> the food looks good though. Like in the game, I'm always like, do I, do we get a recipe book for like immortality fish stew? Cause I would eat that for like in real life. <laughs> All right, well, I think we touched on some of your favorite characters, but one last thing before we move on, um, who would, uh, which house leader would you say is your favorite? Hmm, uh, I think, you know, having, having played a, a decent chunk of Blue Lions now, mm-hmm. I really like how Dimitri's story goes, and, and we might get into a little spoiler territory here, um, but his relationship with Edelgard is not really explored that much in the Black Eagle storyline. He's kind of just, you know, he's there, but he has this really deep, backstory with her they're actually stepbrother and sister um and that's not explained at all in the other Mm -hmm. route um so he has this really personal connection to her um he gave her his dagger um you know as a personal gift to her um so like you know there there is a connection there that is not really explored and there's so much emotion for him you know and you know having uh all of that emotion in there i think it really explores you know so much about the depth of his character um he he is just really kind of just driven by that that rage um and you know when some reveals do happen later in the game um it is it is a pretty crazy moment for him um Mm -hmm. he he's kind of he just snaps and seeing that difference of him you know from the beginning of the game just like this you know perfect prince guy and then in the second half of the game he is just completely broken and has lost all faith in people and himself is a, it's a really crazy turn that I feel like in Fire Emblem, you don't, you, we really haven't explored that that often. Usually mm-hmm. like the Lord characters are these, you know, Krom-esque, perfect human being hey, kind of guys. Don't insult Krom. No, I'm saying it. I'm, I'll I'm come right across this table. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. For sure. And, yeah. you know, Dimitri is like, he's a, he's a very flawed guy. Um, yeah. And I think that's what I like about him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's got a pretty sick eye patch. So, yeah. You know. Can't not love a guy with an eye patch, yeah. right? He's very rugged. <laughs> looks cool. Um... Oh man. Well, so I can't, I can only, again, speak to the two that I've done. I don't know. My feelings about Edo Garters, the, the wounds are raw still. So I don't know if I can pick her as my favorite, even though I started out such a gun ho like Black Eagles. Um, I, I was like, immediately, I was like, this is the house I'm going with. This is the best house. I'm, I'm doing this. And then, of course, like after that playthrough, I was like, oh no. Um, so I, I will have to pick Claude. He is my breath of fresh air. I love him. He's the sweetest human ever. And yeah, I think, you know, he has, again, we talked about this a little bit, but he has just like the most magnetic personality and it's so refreshing to play the golden deer path after the, the black eagles path. So Claude is, is the guy. Well, I, uh, you know, in my initial run still here early on with, um, black eagles and Edelgard, I am, uh, Fully enjoying the the team, you know, rah rah Black Eagles. Rah, rah, yeah. And I'm looking forward to what <laughs> sounds like it's going to be in a very intense, uh, morally challenging uh, path with that yeah. group. So. Yes, good Chris, luck you to poor, you. Poor, poor sweet we child. Will, we will we will speak to you in your post jump phase uh, 
in in a few days, hopefully, and we'll see what state Chris is in. He's like curled in his office, like walking <laughs> in the corner. Um, we'll know what, we'll know why if that's what happened. That's yeah, what happened to him. it sounds like it'll be really interesting, though. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. Um, so we're not leaving uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses behind just yet. We are going to move on to the next segment: um, Players' Pulse. Um, as usual for Players' Pulse, we went on to uh, Twitter and this time Facebook as well and asked. Um, people out there, um, a question. And this time the question was, um, for people playing Fire Emblem Three Houses, did they choose to play in casual mode or classic oh, mode? Oh, that's good. That's interesting. Yeah, and we actually had a poll up. And um, in just a couple of hours, we had over 15,000 people vote. And uh, the results, and again, this doesn't speak for all players, just the people that, that chose to answer our poll here. But um, it was 42% uh, for casual, 58% for classic. It's actually pretty close. Yeah, that was pretty really closer close. Closer than yeah. I thought. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, we talked about Divine Pulse. That was a game changer for all the the classic players, obviously. Um, you don't have to restart anymore, even though we all want to. Um, but yeah, that's that's very close. I'm, I'm surprised to, yeah. to hear that, actually. Yeah, and, and I'm just going to read off a, a couple of um, comments that, that some of the voters left that I think um, crystallizes their, their perspective on <laughs> the different modes here. Uh, the case for classic mode was summed up pretty well by, um, I believe the name here is Nikki Von Vestra. Um, who said, I go with classic mode. It brings a sense of dire urgency that helps further Im immerse you in the game and really clinches the feeling that you're a commander in the thick of war. With classic, you literally take your unit's lives in your hands and that knowledge helps me do better. Yeah. So I guess if you really want your, you know, the, to be pushed to do your best, um, you know, there's not a, a lot of leeway mm -hmm. there. Although, like you said, with Divine Pulse, it, you know, you, you still can make a few mistakes and undo them, but still uh, much less forgiving than casual mode. Yeah. Nikki Von Vestra sounds like a Fire Emblem character, actually. <laughs> she related to Edelgard? <laughs> Cousins? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, uh, in, in Fire Emblem, when you lose a unit permanently, um, and I, like I said, I've always reset in the past, and that is kind of part of the appeal. It's just mm -hmm. that risk and that tension of yeah. I could lose this unit at any time. Yeah. Um, it has, like, just a little bit of that excitement mm -hmm. um, to every chapter, um, whether or not, you know... Uh, having Divine Pulse in this one um, yeah. kind of changes things up. And, you know, I, I think it was one of those things that, that that convenience kind of overweighed everything for me, just being able to just go back one one or two turns mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, and fix that one mistake. Um, it's a lot easier than having to reset, reset. the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. And I would, I would, I think that like... Um, this one in this particular game, it's it's even more pressurized because you get a lot of dialogue in the in the school phase where it's like you're their professor, these are your students, better take care of them. They're just kids, like don't lose them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, the children, yeah. I, I can't, I can't let that anything happen fault. to my precious children. <laughs> <laughs> so you do feel like extra, a little bit extra pressure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see the the appeal of that. Although I personally align more with. Um, Dread Fury here who wrote, <laughs> I've been playing casual mode entirely. Taking a more laid back approach to the game lets me focus more on the great story and characters mm -hmm. while still getting plenty of enjoyment out of the actual combat without the stress of getting unlucky and potentially losing a unit forever. Um, I actually came on board the series with Fire Emblem Awakening, which I think was the first to have casual mode. Mm -hmm. um, that's right. And that's really what got me into it. And, um, and I've just before. kind of stuck with just it. Kidding. Although, you know, <laughs> once I do my first playthrough, though, I think maybe for the next one, especially yeah. with uh, Divine yeah. Pulse in the game, you know, mm -hmm. so I've got a little bit of leeway there to make mistakes. I might go for classic mode the next time. Yeah. 
But I think uh, uh, ultimately um, Reagan uh, Monaghan uh, put it best. Uh, and Reagan said, I feel like comparing which game mode to play is like comparing levels of spicy chicken wings. Some people <laughs> love wings that make your mouth feel like it's on fire. Some people can't handle, handle the spice and opt for a milder flavor. We shouldn't judge or condemn others based on their choice of spice, but we should all enjoy eating the wings together. Oh, now I really want some chicken wings. That's a beautiful statement. Beautiful, beautifully said. Yeah, at the end of the day, whichever one you choose, you're still playing great games. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, moving on to pros picks. This is where we talk about games that we've been enjoying lately. Krista, what game have you been enjoying lately? Other than Fire Emblem. Yeah, other than Fire Emblem. That's a given. Oh, boy, Chris. (laughs) <laughs> this is my game. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I have been playing two games uh, recently. I have um, been finishing up Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Mm. Um, and that's a really fun game for me to jump back and forth from uh, Fire Emblem because this is a, a fun multiplayer game. It's different feeling entirely. And it's just like a fun uh, fun game to play with family and friends um, in between my intense Fire Emblem gameplay. Um and I also played uh, a game recently that I just loved. And this is a game that's been on Nintendo Switch for a while. It's called Firewatch. It's like a, hmm. an indie game, um, kind of like a walking game with a really great story. And it's almost like one of those games where you, you kind of feel like you're reading like an interactive novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played that on a long plane ride um, recently, and it was incredible. The story is great. It's a great, like, late summer game to play because you're, like, sort of out in the woods, um, you're basically in the mountains watching for forest fires. Mm-hmm. Sounds lame, but trust me, it's really good. Um, and it, you just get a lot of atmosphere in that game. And it just really feels like you're um, you're kind of on this like post-summer sort of adventure. And again, very different from Fire Emblem, but yeah. very good game. Two fire games, though. Two fire games. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a thing. <laughs> Firewatch is awesome, though. And it's got some really great performances and mm-hmm. voice acting. Yes. Uh, some really fantastic music. Um I think that's one I should go back to. You should. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd never heard of it personally, but now I yeah. want to check it out. You should. It's really, really fun. I really like it. And it's very, uh, it's not very long either. So you mm-hmm. can kind of get through it in, in just, you know, a short amount of time. Yeah. One or two sittings. Yes. And I, there's definitely an appeal to that type of game. Like mm-hmm. uh, Gone Home is one of those games. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, just being able to sit down. Uh, you know, another one is, um, what was it? Uh, Edith Finch. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's another great yeah. one. I really like the stories where it's like maybe one or two sittings and I feel like I got this complete experience, really right. tight narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially um, if you're yeah. interspersing that with something really long, like mm-hmm. Farm and Three deep. Houses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A nice change of pace. Right. Yeah. So, Joe, um, were those other games that you mentioned what you've been playing lately or was... Um, not right now, but, you know, in, do we have an hour for me to rant about... Um, how good Astral Chain is. Uh, <laughs> That's um, on my list too. I'll join you in your your positive rant. Yeah, I mean, when I when we first saw that game, I knew it was going to be something special, and I've just recently had the chance to play through all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it says something that we've been talking about Fire Emblem this whole time, and um, this game pulled me away from that. Um, and I've been put in about thirty hours into Astral Chain, and that is you know, a really amazing combat system, so much versatility, but then in all the ways that it is so different from anything that they've done, you've got, you know, investigations, mm-hmm. um, all this exploration that you do throughout the game, whether that's, you know, traversing with the, the different legions, um, in the astral plane. Um, and then just some of the RPG mechanics and the way that it is, it is like so goofy. You can wear a cat on your head. You can wear a cardboard box on your head. Um, you can run around in a mascot costume, <laughs> Lappy, who is the best. 
um, <laughs> yeah, Lappy, the the who's like the the dog mascot for your police precinct, basically. Yeah, somehow that makes sense, but okay. <laughs> yeah, Lappy's amazing. Yeah, yeah. you can and pick up trash just... on, the, on the streets. We played that game on Nintendo Minute, um, and we were playing Kit's uh, game game file, and of course it was like what exactly is going on here? <laughs> but it's amazing in that way where it's like such an interesting world that was, that's been created and you're in this like really cool environment. Um, but yeah, I haven't actually started my own playthrough of that game yet. So I'm excited to do that one, to play that one next after I beat all the three, <laughs> the three fire emblem yeah. paths. I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, and I think that, you know, by the time this podcast is out, um, some people will have the chance to, to get that game. So um, definitely highly recommend it if you love, uh, action games, mm-hmm. if you love platinum games, but then also if you're looking for something that has you know, a little bit more to it, has um, you know, exploration and um, kind of investigations and a really, really strong story, um, I think that's the game for you. It's, it's a really well-rounded package. Yeah, and I, I love how all those elements come together and how they, they're paced because, you know, I've really enjoyed the Bayonetta games and um, past other past games from platinum, but, you know, I was very much expecting great one-on-one action. Uh, but what I didn't expect is was that there'd be so much more than that, like everything you both were saying. And you can spend an hour just doing an investigation and really exploring this whole part of the city and just kind of finding out all this cool stuff and using your legion, um, which is kind of your partner uh, chimera, but that's kind of like your partner monster in a way that's kind mm-hmm. of chained to you and you work together. But you can also use them not just in combat, but in all these kind of cool ways to solve puzzles and things. So one minute you're playing that type of game, then it goes into the action, and then you're back at the police precinct and you're doing other types of tasks. So it's really rich and I also feel like it's one of the most slick looking uh, and more polished games I've played in a long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. The graphics are amazing. Yeah, the world looks incredible. Yeah. Like, seriously, the, the the world building that was done is really cool. And the, even the Legion looks so cool. And you yeah. just feel like this is just a powerful partner to have, you know? It's and the animations, awesome. the user interface looks really, mm-hmm. really slick Like, and really slick, yeah. yeah. The whole thing just has this incredible kind of vision for the design that, that mm-hmm. really creates something, you know, really unique that... Um, I think is going to really endure. Yeah. I think people will, will still be playing this game and talking about it for a long time. Yeah. And going back to your point about just the, the pacing, it's so deliberate with the pacing. There are some files that you play. Um, you start on the beginning, you're doing a little bit of investigations and then slowly ramps up. And then, you know, by the end of it, you're fighting this giant monster boss. And it, it is a really cool feeling to just kind of see that, that progression and that flow. And it makes sure that you, you never get tired of anything. It's everything always feels fresh. It always mm-hmm. feels like, I guess the best way I could uh, kind of equate it to is, you know, a really good episode or season finale of a TV show. It always mm. just, it, it starts off, it just ramps up and then, you know, you feel like you've completed something really substantial at the end of every file. Um, and, you know, I think, I think that's what I really love about it. Just that the variety on top of just having top tier action that you would expect from Platinum. And I would probably say it's, it's one of their most creative combat systems that they've done. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm constantly impressed by just the sheer amount of imagination in that game, yeah, like from the totally. visuals to everything. Um, for me, that was going to be my number one pick as well. Um, Sorry, Chris, I playing. stole it. <laughs> but no, that's that's great. Stole your thunder. A couple other small mentions I'll give is I've been playing this goofy game called Siberian. If you've heard of it, huh. it's kind of uh-huh. a retro pixel kind of like side-scrolling action game where you're this like barbarian, but it's also got future elements. And um, it's just kind of run from left to the right and slash things, but there's a bit more strategy and thinking required in this game. Um, Even if you just do kind of your canned kind of hitting the button combo, even that requires a certain kind of um, 
timing to it that's a little bit more just a little bit more deep than than you'd expect um and it, the game when i bought it was only 4.99 so um i think it was a great um a great little um one to again play on the side while i'm also checking out some of these lengthier games yeah totally and then uh, i've mentioned on the show before but i love p cross games and it just so happened that a couple of p cross games came out that really put a different spin on it there was um picto quest which um was kind of like this rpg setting where you're <laughs> instead of battles you're doing p cross that's kind of cool yeah yeah and you know earning money and buying items and things and then p cross lord of the nazarick which uh, is from Jupiter, who makes a lot of the best P-Cross games. And um, and uh, this one has this weird kind of like gothic theme to it where there's all these uh, monster characters. And again, kind of a deep story while at the same time you're doing P-Cross puzzles. So um, anyone who just wants a great... It's very unexpected from yeah. a P-Cross game, yeah. But anyone who wants a, a different change of pace, but with kind of a, a classic type of puzzle game to play on the go, I think these are both great options. Chris, is it possible for too much P-Cross? No. No. No, it's not. Good. Not for Chris. <laughs> no. Uh, it, if they eventually make P-Cross, you know, they're at P-Cross S3 now is, is the main yeah, series. Yeah, that's the main one. If yeah. they get to P-Cross S50, I'll still be playing them. <laughs> All like right. 90 years old playing <laughs> P-Cross yeah. games. Actually, those will be great games for me when I'm 90 years old. <laughs> and I can't play Astral Chain as well as I used to. <laughs> Your reflexes are, are dulled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, now we're going to move on to Warp Zone. <laughs> Uh, this is the quiz where we guess games that came oh, out 10, no. 20, or 30 I'm years ago. I'm treading the warp oh, zone. Everyone always dreads it. It's, it's never that bad. You're always trying to get us at the warp zone. And also, we talked about Joe being a baby, a baby, who can't help me in this situation. 10, 20, 30 years ago? Well, You're 20 not years even ago, 30 years I'll, old. You know, 20 years ago, I was like, you know, five or whatever. So. Oh, God, Joe. It's awful. Okay. Anyways, well, continue. That, that's that's one area where youth may not be to your advantage. Is knowing <laughs> right. all well, of these. Really I get games. it right. I get double points. Right. No. <laughs> double Im- imaginary points that do no, nothing for me. You don't. <laughs> Everybody gets triple points because it's all imaginary anyway. All right. <laughs> all right. Thanks, so Chris. we're looking at games that came out during the month of August. Uh, the first one is ten years ago. This is August of two thousand and nine, and the clues are. Nintendo published a collection of sci-fi action-adventure games for Wii that added new control options and other upgrades to each of the titles and featured one of Nintendo's greatest heroes. Uh, Metroid Prime Metroid Trilogy. Trilogy. That's right. So, yeah. No problem. You're off to a great start. Yeah, that's Don't too easy. sweat it. This isn't like... This uh, is when Joe was alive, so is, we're good. <laughs> this isn't like good. a Black <laughs> Eagle's Path or anything. It's not that intense. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, 20 years ago, Still August alive. 1999... Uh, Midway published a hack-and-slash dungeon crawler for the N64 that brought back a classic four-player fantasy franchise from the golden age of arcades mm. and introduced the ability to level up your character. Any Gauntlet guesses on this? 64? It is Gauntlet, and I'm just going to go ahead and give you the subtitle because I didn't expect anyone to know that <laughs> one. It's uh, um, Gauntlet Legends. Ah, oh, that's okay. a pretty easy subtitle, actually. Yeah. I thought you were going to give me like a super long one. <laughs> <laughs> Gauntlet, Lord of the Nazareth. <laughs> Unexpected uh, crossover. <laughs> yeah, there's P-Cross in this gauntlet. <laughs> All right, 30 years ago in August of 1989, Nintendo published an RPG for NES that had been released in Japan years earlier under a different name in which you had to save the realm of Alephgard from the evil Dragon Lord. And this game is often credited as kickstarting the JRPG genre on consoles in the U.S. Any guesses? That's the original Dragon Quest? 
Yep, and he, but it wasn't called Dragon, Dragon Quest. Ma- Dragon, Dragon Warriors. Warriors. Dragon, Dragon Warriors. Warriors. Dragon yeah. Warrior, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, come on, it's coming to me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was four, but I was alive. <laughs> you could actually get this game for free for a while if you subscribe to Nintendo Power Magazine. So it hmm. uh, has a history with uh, Nintendo Power. Nice. Cool. Three for three. Yeah. Great job. No sweat. Good job, Joe. You Wait, did does, it. Does the last one count? I mean, we were kind of almost there. Okay, we'll just I think we should we'll we'll totally question got it. <laughs> totally got there. All right. The last segment is Game Forecast. And this is where we talk about uh, games that are coming out over the next month. Um, some key titles. There's going to be obviously a lot more than this, <clears> but... Just briefly here, on August 30th, we've talked about Astral Chain. I think this podcast is probably going to go up on that same day, yeah. so we'll list that one here. September 3rd, we've got Final Fantasy VIII Remastered from Square Enix, Spyro Reignited Trilogy from Activision, Torchlight 2 from Perfect World. Then on September 5th, we have River City Girls from Way Forward. On September 6th, we have Creature in the Well from Flight School Studio, NBA 2K20 from 2K Games, Tetris 99, the physical version uh, that comes bundled with a 12-month individual Nintendo Switch Online membership. And on September 10th, we have Blasphemous from Team 17 Digital Limited. On September 13th, it's Damon X Machina from Nintendo. September 20th, we have The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening from Nintendo, Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch from Bandai Namco, and the Nintendo Switch Lite also comes out on September 20th. Big day there. Yep. Ooh. On September 24th, we have Contra Rogue Corps, which is from Konami, Dead by Daylight from Behavior Interactive, and then on September 27th, we have Dragon Quest XI-S, Echoes of... Uh, sorry, got to get through I this title. I knew you were going to mess that up. <laughs> Here it we was going to happen somewhere. One more time. Dragon Quest XI-S, Echoes of an Elusive Age, Definitive Edition from Square Enix, FIFA 20, Legacy Edition from EA, Ori and the Blind Forest Definitive Edition from Microsoft Studios. And that wraps up September. Uh, in terms of the ones we've listed here, there's a lot more. September is a huge month. For I mean, yeah. what are you really going to do? Look at this, this list of games. Yeah. So it's insane. <laughs> obviously, there's a lot of good stuff here, but is there any one or two titles that in particular that jump out to you guys? Well, definitely Link's Awakening. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm actually pretty excited by some of these indie titles, too. Um, we just did the the indie showcase recently, and it's been really fun to see that. I'm really excited about Ori and the Blind Forest as well, mm-hmm. which has been um, a game that's just so many people have talked about. I've never played it. So. It's, like a, it's a platformer, right? Yeah. I know it has a really yeah. beautiful visual yeah, style. Yeah, it's a Metroid-esque uh, kind of adventure game. Yeah. Um, and it's got really tight platforming controls, um, some really slick combat, and just an incredible art style. Yeah, the art um, style is amazing. Yeah, and I got the the chance to play that game on other platforms, and it is really special. Uh, I think everybody should check it out. It's, yeah. it's got really incredible music, too. Yeah. So I'm excited to play this game because a, a lot of people talked about it for a long time as it being just incredible. Um, so I was really excited that it's coming to yeah. Nintendo Switch. Yeah, me too. That sounds right up my alley. Um, for me, um, in addition to, obviously, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening and and uh, the other games, um, River City Girls is one I'm really interested yeah. in. That's kind of a, a successor That's to... That's a Chris game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a side, old school side-scrolling beat-em-up, but with a lot of level-up progression and stuff yeah. like that, based on the um, River City Ransom series. It's a great series. Yeah. yeah. And way forward's... Um, developing this game mm-hmm. and they always do a great job and they always have great animation and also from what i've seen from the trailers and stuff online that it just looks really funny as well so um anytime a great old school beat-em-up comes back i'm always up for that and then i've really been into the been into the demo for um for the new dragon quest game mm-hmm. um i was really also playing that character the hero character in super smash, smash. Bros. oh Ultimate yeah Alive. that, that particular character mood. is in this game yeah so 
that's you're like right on the yeah to the dragon the dragon quest path here I, I know. Like so I'm excited for that. Um, Joe, anything else that pops off to you? Um, a couple things, but one note on the on Dragon Quest. Um, I started the demo also, um, but that is a ridiculously huge demo. There's just yeah. so much of the game in there. <laughs> so if you don't know anything about Dragon Quest, or you, you know you're just unsure if that's if it's going to be your thing, I think there's no better sample than to try out that demo. Mm-hmm. And it the, is and the this, length of most full game. And the game save carries over from the demo to the full game if you decide to get the full game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. So you know you won't have to redo any of the stuff that you're going to. Yeah. Play, you just, just get a little head start, which is yeah, great. And this is a, a big one of those <laughs> massive games, too, yeah. where you could easily spend, you know, tons of hours kind of deep in that world. Yeah. And considering Always there's, fun. you know, several hours of content in this demo, exactly. it might just carry you all the way until the game comes out. So. Right. The only problem with this demo is I'm now simultaneously playing a Dragon Quest RPG, Astral Chain, and Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is ridiculous. That's a lot on your plate yeah. there. Um, one that stands out for me is uh, Damon X Machina. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. mm, yeah. There's just a severe lack of mech games anywhere on any platform, <laughs> no matter what you're looking Number for. Number one them. request, mech games. Yeah, and I'm like, let's, <laughs> let's get a mech game. And we're getting one that has really, really strong sense of style, um, really good customization options. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's just it just is really cool to kind of get in the in, in the seat of the arsenal and then just pilot it around um, and mess around with all the different weapons. So I'm uh, pretty excited for that one. Um, another one that stands out to me is Blasphemous. Um, mm. that yeah, game, I love Team 17 yeah. a lot. Um, and that's one that has another like really strong sense of style in a really like in a dark way. If mm-hmm. you're a fan of Dark Souls or something like that, um, I feel like that that's one that kind of really speaks out to me in, in that kind of sense. Um, it seems to have some really, really tight combat, um, really kind of crazy, a little bit of disturbing boss encounters. Um, and yeah, just the overall kind of gothic theme of it, mm-hmm. um, it, it seems really cool. So yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, and that's kind of a, a Metroid-style game as well, right? Or, yeah, I believe yeah, so. Kind of side-scrolling 2D. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's a lot going on in September. Yeah, it's a, a, lot it's going a big on. month. It's and nice. Nintendo Switch Lite's coming out. So Yeah. yeah. It's exciting. And we're going to have a nice backlog built up, or at least I am, that I'm going to be able to yeah. ride out. I've been in a backlog for like the entire entirety of this year, so it's been fun. <laughs> well, this will be this will be early preparation for um, the holiday break. You know? Yes. Yeah. We've, we've got some time. Make your holiday list of games to play during the break, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. But I always get that paralysis where I'm like, I got so many games to play. I'm, I'm getting them ready for the break, and then I'm like, where do I even start? I guess I'll just oh, play no. more Fire Emblem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Joe, Krista, thanks so much for coming on the show again. It was great talking to you guys and um, hope you'll come back again. Thank you for having us. We had tons of fun talking all about Fire Emblem. We're probably both going to go back to playing Fire Emblem immediately after this recording stops. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Chris. And hopefully we didn't spoil too many things for you and uh, you can still enjoy all the big reveals in the game uh, like you heard them for the first time you know i've uh, i've been spoiled on a little bit more than that so uh oh. i, I kind of know some things that are coming but uh in a way i'm glad i can prepare so that's right yeah, yeah. that's right all right thanks a lot thanks thank you that's it for this episode of nintendo power podcast if you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show you can email us at nintendopowerpodcast at noa.nintendo.com Also, we always appreciate it if you can leave a review and be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they're ready. Thanks for listening and keep playing with power.